of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. As we're in the last few days of the fast of St. Mary, I encourage all of you to continue with your fasting and your prayers, asking for the Mother of God to have mercy upon us and our families, upon this parish, uh, that we may always be able to worship her Son uh, and, and worship in this church and be able to grow closer to her through her example and through her, grow closer to him through her example and through her prayers. Today's gospel, taken from it, it, we're in the second Sunday of the Coptic month of Misr, is taken from the gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 5. It's the calling of Levi. Now, before we get into this, I just want to, us to reflect on a few things. I want us to reflect and examine our attitude, our understanding, our thoughts regarding how hard it is to share our church with people who we perceive to be sinners. Say it again. It's hard for us to share the space or to be part of a church with people who we think are sinners. It's hard for us to share the church with people who are not important to you and maybe not necessary in your life. I'm not trying to accuse anyone, I just want you to reflect. It's hard to share church with people who are an inconvenience for you. It's hard to share church with people, let us be honest, with people who are not like us. They are not like us. They don't look like us. They don't talk like us. They don't dress like us. They don't act like us. They don't speak the same language. They don't vote in the same way. They don't have the same level of education. Maybe they smell. Maybe they look weird. But let's... Let's just acknowledge that it's hard for us to share this space with just anyone. Because if we don't confess this, if we don't recognize this, if we don't understand that it's hard to share this space with others, we'll never be able to open up this space wider to a bigger community, to more people, which is the mission of the church. And we see this in the gospel today. We, we learn several things from this gospel today that we have to take and reflect on in our own life. First, in this gospel, it said that he went out and he saw a tax collector named Levi. There's a going out. There's leaving our own company of friends. There's leaving our own uh, isolated group and just to go out to be among different people, to be with different people, but to share who you are and what you believe with those people. But when he looks at Levi in the Greek, it says that he beheld him. He stared at him. And we know that when Christ stares, when Christ looks, he's not looking at the outside, but he's looking at the inside. He's looking at the, the depth of the person. He's looking to see that this person is not just what they are on the outside. There's a deeper level to this. He looks to the heart of the person. Maybe, probably, he saw a person that wasn't happy with himself. 
Yes, I'm a tax collector. And for the, maybe for the kids and those of you that don't know the tax collectors, we, have, we pay taxes in the United States, yeah, but it's not like the IRS. Tax collectors here are like, what would be a good way to describe them? Huh? Loan, loan sharks, maybe. Yeah, loan sharks is a good one. Loan sharks, yeah, I'll, I'll lend you money, but what they do is they're, they're actually taking money from you. The, the, the type of person that you see and you cringe, maybe, maybe politicians, maybe we look at politicians and you're just like, you know, if, 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 uh, if for example, the President of the United States or the President of Egypt comes to church one day, you're going to say, I don't think he's here for Jesus Christ, right? I think he's probably, right? These type of people, what's the point though? The tax collector, the tax collectors were not looked at as the most holy. In fact, they were hated. Everybody hated the tax collectors. The tax collectors were lumped with the sinners, were lumped with the prostitutes, were lumped with all the evil people. That's what you got. Those were the tax collectors. Maybe we would look at them as the drug dealers today. The type of people you're like, I don't think I, my mom and my dad would let me invite this person home. Right? That's the, that's the tax collectors. So Christ looks at him and he looks to the depth and he finds value and he finds worth in Levi. Of course, Christ found value and worth with everybody. But he saw in Levi someone, it was beyond somebody that was more than his job. Somebody that was more than what he studied. Somebody that was more than how he dressed. More than his spiritual level. Somebody that was more than his wealth. Too often when we judge people, we judge with the wrong standards. Remember when Samuel, the prophet, went to find King David. And he goes to the house of Jesse. And Jesse has seven sons. And he goes through all of the sons of Jesse. And he look at them and say, this one is tall, this one is handsome, this one is strong. Surely this is the one that God is choosing. And God said to him, he said, Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on his height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so when we think about how difficult it is for us to share our church with others, we have to understand first that we have to train our eyes to look to the heart, like a mother looks to the heart of her child. A mother who looks at her child, even though the child does something wrong, does something bad, does something that might be really, really, you know, outside of the ordinary of what is bad and wrong, and, but looks and says, no, but he's got a good heart. And this is how we have to sort of look at others in the church. <clears throat> the next thing that we learn from this gospel is that at the words of Christ, Follow me. He responds quickly. Right? Sometimes those of us who have been in the church since our childhood, it's hard for us to hear these words. It's hard for us to hear the words of Christ say, follow me. Because we've just been in it. We've been doing it. We're not, we're not hearing anymore the special message that is being given to us. Yet those who are outside or feel that they're outside, when they see the love of Christ, when they see His attention, 
they're able to respond quickly. Now, every one of us is called at a different time and has been called at a different time and a different place to follow Christ. But too often what happens is we lose track of Christ. We lose track of that calling and we get distracted. We get distracted with things that are not important. And I want to say so much of what we do in our life from the moment that we wake up to the moment that we <coughs> go to sleep is not important. It's not of Christ. Now we don't have to be going to bad places and doing bad things. It's just enough that we're distracted. It's just enough that we're distracted. Now that doesn't mean what we're doing can't have Christ in it. It has to have Christ in it. It must have Christ in it. And that's what we have to return to following Christ as you are. What you're doing in your place, in, in, in your life, follow Christ. Remember when at the end of the, um, at the, end of the Gospel of John, chapter 21, the chapter 21, after the resurrection, Peter and Thomas and all of them, they say, we're going to go fishing. Let's go fishing, right? And the idea was they were going back to their old life. And then they're fishing, and then they see Christ on the shore, and then they say, uh, you know, it's the Lord, and John, the beloved disciple, jumps in, and then Peter comes, and they have this, this meal, and then they're walking, Peter is walking with Christ afterwards, and Christ asks them three times, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And then there's an interesting dialogue. Jesus says to him, when you were young, when you were young, you dressed yourself and you walked where you wanted to walk. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish to go. This was to, to identify how he would die and be glorified, or and God would be glorified in him. But after that, he says to Peter, follow me. Then Peter, this is the point, Peter looks back, sees the beloved disciple, says, hey, what about him? Peter gets distracted. He's called, follow me. Don't worry about what's going on to your right or to your left. Follow me. And he says, what about this person? And Jesus says to him, you know, if, if uh, he says to him, if I will that he remains to, until I come, what is that to you? Follow me. He repeats those words several times. Follow me, follow me. And I think our life is likened more to Peter than to Matthew. We're not being called for the first time. We have to be recalled in our life, reminded that we have to follow Christ. And so when we come to church, it's not to see who's sitting to my right or who's sitting to my left or what brought this person there or why is this person even here or I don't like this person. We are reminded that we're coming to church to remember that we're called to follow Christ. We're following Christ. And I remember my, my father of confession, he said, even if I were to yell at you and scream at you and belittle you and make fun of you and say bad things about you, even if I were to do that, I wouldn't do that and he wouldn't do that. But even if I were to do that, it shouldn't stop you from coming to church because you're following Christ. When you see bishops and priests and servants disappoint you, it shouldn't bother you. We should pray for them. But we shouldn't say, if this is what the church is, I'm leaving the church. If this is what this community is about, I'm leaving this. 
We have to say, no, this is where I follow Christ. And I have to follow Christ. When we're distracted, we stop following Christ. We have to remember not to be distracted. Because when we're distracted, it becomes more difficult to follow Christ. Now Christ looked at Levi. Christ called him to follow him. And then Levi's response, that he made a great feast in the house. Do you see the example of one who receives Christ? Do you see the example of one who obeys Christ? Where is our joy? Where is our desire to share Christ with others? Not only was he a tax collector, but he went and he invited his tax collector friends. So let's say, okay, he's a good tax collector. But did he invite all the good tax collector friends? I imagine that this was a pretty uncomfortable place for Christ to be. That all these people were around him and... And they didn't all share the same ideas as, as Levi, as Matthew. We know Levi is Matthew. But he didn't share the same ideas. But he was able to go there and maybe it was Matthew that was sharing Christ with all of his friends. Right? How often do we go to our gatherings as friends and we find Christ is there? Yes, we have fellowship. Yes, we have love. Yes, we have a good time. But why not have Christ with us as well? And when the Pharisees criticized the disciples and criticized Christ, he says to them, I did not come to call the righteous, but I came to call sinners to repent. This is their place. This is their home. This is where Christ has called them to come. And I say them, but I really should say us. We are the sinners that he has called to come and to repent and to change. But he doesn't call us to stay in our state, to stay as we are. Yes, He loves us. Yes, He cares about us. But He doesn't want us to remain as we are. When He saw a blind person, when He saw a deaf person, did He, tup tup, did he pat him on the back and say, Oh, it's okay that you're blind. It's okay that you're deaf. God help you. And you're, you can have a good full life the way you are. No, He changed them. He changed them. And this is the power of one who follows Christ, is that Christ can change us. And change others more importantly. We have to make room for those who are coming who have not yet heard about, the, about Christ. We have to make room for those who are coming that Christ has sent us to call, to bring. Don't ever think that our church has been planted here in Laguna Niguel just to serve us. This church is not ours. This church is not mine. This church is not yours. This is the church of God. And if this is a true church, then it's calling others into the, into the church. It's calling others that you might not like their opinions. You might not like the way they act. You might not like the way they dress. But if I go into, a, into church, I have to understand <coughs> that the church is a hospital. The hospital of this church, or the church as a hospital, means that those who are sick are coming to find healing. And it takes a long time. Sometimes some diseases take a very long time to be healed. There was a story of a, a, a wife that was abused by her husband. And it remained that way until she died. And it was only at her death that he repented, kissed her feet, and came to church. Yeah, it's a long time. Yeah, it's difficult. Yeah, it's a big cross. 
But this is, this is what we're waiting for. This is why we have, we're taught to be patient. This is what Christ teaches us, to be patient with the sinner. Not to accept the sin. Not to say it's okay what he's doing. It's not to say ma'alish. Not to say it's alright. Of course we have to fight against what is wrong. Remember when the, 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 the sinful person in the, in the church of Corinth was there and St. Paul said to him, release such a one unto Satan. Meaning, leave him out, in the, out of the church. Don't let him come, don't let him eat, don't let him be a part of it. But that's up to the, that's not what everybody, what you do. That's not your calling. You, thank God, you don't have to be the one to be the gatekeepers for the who comes in and who doesn't. But we, you know, as priests and bishops, we're the ones that, that have to, to, to use this authority from time to time. But the idea, my message to you is that forget about who's around you. Focus again on Christ. Let this focus on Christ allow you to follow Him in your day-to-day. And as you're following Him, remember the joy of one who is called to Christ. Remember the joy of being called to Christ. Remember that joy, or if you can, imagine that joy anew in your life. And remember that the mission of the church and the mission of Christ is that He came to call sinners. And not just that, we say with St. Paul that Christ, that this is a, a saying worthy of all acceptance, that Christ came to save sinners of whom I am chief. I am chief. And I'm reminding you of the words of the Catholic epistle. St. John, writing his epistle, and he says, He who says he is in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. He who loves his brother abides in the light and there is no cause for stumbling. But he who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. We have to understand we are all brothers and sisters in this church. And this goes with what goes on online. I know that there is a lot of bad things that go on online, meaning name-calling of priests, name-calling of people who are you know, saying this person is a heretic, this person is evil, this person is wrong, this person is doing wrong things. And there's just this constant banter of accusations flying back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And we have to forget about all of this we have to again remember Christ. Otherwise we'll lose ourselves, we'll lose our salvation, we'll lose our way completely if we keep focusing on the other person. Let's take this example and this calling of Christ calling Matthew, calling Levi from his seat at the tax office, at the tax table, and apply it to our lives to the best of our ability. And one last thing I also want to point out is that every single one of these readings where I'd say, 80% or 90% of these readings speak about children. And I know that we are going to constantly be struggling with the place of children in the church. But this is something where we have to understand that they have a place, they have a role, they have a, 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 a status in the church that must be allowed. Children obey, the saying just, just the fact that the Pauline epistle is speaking to the children means the children must be here to, to hear in this place, to hear what what is being said to them. At the same time, we have to also respect the reverence. Sometimes we need the silence because we've been having the noise for too long. 
we need to expect, uh, respect the place of prayer so that it can be a place of prayer. And that's something that parents always struggle with and will continue, but be patient with them and help them out as well if you can. If you see a mother struggling with her child, you can just take the child out for five minutes. I'll walk around with them for five minutes so you have five minutes of rest. This is something that can, can be done by anyone as long as the child is okay to go to that person. It's not a complete stranger. But this is how we all have to share that same space. I know it's hard to share space with others, but may God allow us to focus on Him so that we can grow in love for Him, grow in love for one another, make wider our space for those who are outside to welcome all those who are coming to see Christ. May God be glorified in our church and in our lives now and ever in teachable ages. Amen.